Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 300 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. Five years, 300 episodes, and some say that Conan is still pushing that unnecessary wooden thing in a big circle over and over again. Yeah. Walking in a circle. There should be an infomercial for that because apparently it gives you great definition. No, you could barely understand what the hell he was saying half the time. No, 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 body definition. Oh. So, yeah. We are doing episode 300, and to celebrate us making it this far, and none of us either trying to kill the each one of the others or winding up in prison for something or on the list. Well, I'm sure we're on a list. Well... I was going to say, both of those things have actually happened in the last five years. Yeah, we're on a few lists. Yeah. Zero for three ain't bad. Yeah. Uh, we are going back and we're recovering uh, Conan the Barbarian, the original 1982 version versus the 2011 version with Jason Momoa. And uh, yeah, we're seeing, because it has literally been five and a half years since I've seen both these movies now. Yeah, so yeah. we're just rebooting the entire podcast. <coughs> yeah. Yep. So we're going to do episode two is 301. That's, that's how this is going to work. Right? Yeah. I can't wait to do the food show. <laughs> yeah, that was not an overly broad topic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you say Mr. No-No's in the mirror three times, he'll appear. Mm-hmm. And you get to po- talk about him. You get to poke him right in the in the nose hole. Ugh, that was so... Anyway, we'll get to that. Nose hole? It's, nose it's, it's Pat's hole. fetish. Really, Brian? <laughs> <sighs> so if you like nose holes, uh, you might also like the shows on the <laughs> Podcast Collective, such as the Bad Parenting Podcast. I Am Salt Lake, the Empty Rant Podcast, the Portland Beer Club Podcast, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Boom, 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 boom. Baseline. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can manage the other right now. Yeah, it's Uh, not not often we get the bass solo there. Yeah, if you're looking for our older stuff, uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse, iHeartRadio, Talk, did I say TalkShoe? I said TalkShoe. We're all over the place now. Versus... Five and a half years ago, where we were in one spot. Now we're in a bunch of spots. So, Google watch list. Yeah, we're like we're like podcast herpes. We're yeah. At, yeah once we, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's, not that's a terrible yeah, that's, analogy. I, not a good tagline. We're bumpy and we don't go away. <laughs> well, that's actually probably pretty true. <laughs> but yeah, if you're looking for uh, some voicemail, want to let us know how we're doing. Uh, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And bum, 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 we have got voicemails. Yes, <gasps> not voicemail, but voicemails. Yes. Oh. They're it's boy, like a review. They're boy mails. It's almost like they knew we were recording 300. I actually think it was a coincidence, but it was a happy one for us. Yeah. yeah so uh, first one from uh, Wine Guy. Oh, I forgot his name. Brian. Brian the Wine Guy. Hey, Brian the Wine Guy. And I'm a little bit behind, but uh, the Tweet for Your Overboard episode. You may have already recorded a new one, but I haven't seen it yet. I have to say, I'm very disappointed that you guys don't remember that the object of my affection was the song that Alfalfa sang to Darla in multiple Little Rascals episodes. Look it up. Bah. Oh, damn. We're getting schooled. I blame Pat. Well, okay. <clears throat> truth, yeah. truth be told, I am not a Little Rascals fan. So I don't really know much other than just like, you know, 
basic knowledge about them. I've seen like Aww. maybe one or two you episodes. Make pizza Bone is sad. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Pizza Bone. Pizza Bone, I love Alfalfa. <laughs> but he, is a he is a Rascal Flats fan. Is he, though? No, I'm not that either. <laughs> pizza Bone is uh, sad. I'm a very much a Pizza Bone fan. You don't know like a Rascal of Flats. No. Yeah, unfortunately, all of our uh, little rascals' uh, knowledge and deep dive has been replaced by cricket facts. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so over the last five years, we've learned all about cricket. Yeah, still, still have a, learned a bunch about it, but still have no idea about how it's played. <laughs> nope. Yeah, everything except what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can discuss it. We just don't know what we're talking about. Oh, how about yeah. them maidens? Yeah. Love the maidens and their sticky wicket. I love it. That, when that, guy, that, that guy's a that guy's a three legged bowler. Woo. Yeah. So uh, now voicemail number two. Hey guys, Brandon Wang guy here. I told you I was behind on shows. Patrick, <laughs> parking spaces on the freeways aren't for cars; they're for truckers in regular parking spots. You're with a driver, and you're trying to fit in your mandatory stuff. You're not going to want to waste time getting off the highway at a rest stop. There's no parking spots available for you to park in. So, Is he done? I think yeah, that, that done, robot yeah. made an interesting <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my point though, I could get behind the whole like you know the next rest stop has X number. It's the why are you telling me? what the situation is 120 miles down the road because I, it's not going to be the same by the time I get there. I agree with you. It's not like the it's not like the trucks are traveling at like the quarter of the speed of light. Exactly. Well, yeah, but I think his point is they've got mandatory rest periods and they want to get as many miles on the road as possible, so they don't want to stop early otherwise <laughs> they're going to get penalized for wasting time. I mean, I guess if you look and you see the next one has zero, you might say, okay, maybe I just, just stop here and not risk it. But, right. I mean, that's, that's like... the thing, is you know in like an hour you're going to hit your a mandatory rest period. And if you don't stop then, you're screwed. So you need to know, okay, 100 miles down, whatever, there is parking. Or there isn't parking and I need to stop now, otherwise I'm screwed. Yeah, but I still think it's... I mean... The third, the third rest stop info is is unnecessary. I still stick with that. I can maybe see you get the next one, so you know if there's. But yeah, no, the third one is dumb. What, what if the sign said, "Hey trucks, later on, this is this"? But what if it's that instead of this? Well, then the digital sign would change. When will then be now? <laughs> My point being, it's still dumb. <laughs> All right, now. Pat, this it's is... an ineffectual way uh, to do what they're trying to do. What's with today, today? Don't know. But we have a third voicemail, which I think is directed straight at Pat also. I'm pretty sure this <laughs> one's from Karen. Okay, so apparently we found one of Paula Cole's 17 fans. <laughs> well, considering half the podcast was arguing with you about your portrayal of her, I find that hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's 
not a hit. Just because you know the song doesn't make it a hit. It was the theme to one of those popular TV shows of the time. And I think if a bunch of people know the song, that's sort of the definition well, of it. Well, you know hit. what? I'll be there for you. I'll be... Th- Shut up. I a think hit, he's right. No, no the, ty- the, the, the what makes a hit is its placement on the charts. This song, that song did not make the top... It made the top 40, and that was it. Have you that's made not, the top 40? Well, no, but I'm not trying to claim that I'm a hit maker either, or that I have multiple hits. She had one hit. You're a hit taker. Two hits. No. Paula Cole hitting you and you hitting me. (laughs) (laughs) Paula Paula Cole was a one-hit wonder. You got a lot of anger, man. Still disagree. disagree. It's not necessarily anger, it's just opinions. I have lots of strong opinions on (laughs) many, many topics. Yes, you do. And a lot of them, I don't even know I have them until it's brought up. Such as, I'm like, hey, that's interesting. Or <laughs> Such traffic as signs. I care about this for some reason. <laughs> right? I, I can't wait till I'm driving with you and the, the traffic sign says there are 42 Paula Coles in the next exit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to wait till I have to pull over. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Nice. <laughs> Joel's on and, fire. Nice. And we're done. See you guys <laughs> next week. Uh, what does background Phil think of that joke? I give it three backgrounds. I'm for it. <laughs> Pizza bone ain't liking the joke. Background Phil's for you, man. Hell. I know. That's impressive. Who, who could be against you? Hey, Pat. Uncle Face Jones, don't <laughs> give a damn. <laughs> he, he, what, 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 what's Knuckle Face doing, uh, doing here? This is the worst version of Sybil I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it is about that time. It is about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports, baby. (laughs) I really did forget about Knuckleface Jones. I only bring him back just off enough so you've forgotten about him again. Yep. (laughs) Nice. All right. So. I just imagine. I imagine you have like some little post-it note on the side of your computer, just says Knuckleface Jones. You're like, not yet. Days till I can mention <laughs> Knuckleface Jones again. Yeah. Put a little race board on the wall. He's got a app on his phone for. <laughs> Nothing from the could... makers. From the makers of When Will the Olsen Twins Turn 18 comes. When can I mention Knuckleface Jones? Nothing can go wrong on Knuckleface Jones Day. All right. By the way, yes, I, w- I was fucking with you, gentlemen. I do know what Rex Manning comes from. His mother? No, but just to be clear, just so you know. You still haven't told us what it is. It's from Empire Records. I know uh, that. Okay. He looked it up. Yeah. No, I just know that. I just don't like Empire Records. That's why I was fucking he had an entire week to <gasps> We discussed what? this before, that I don't like Empire Records. We've, you, know, why? We've you know what? Here's the thing. I, is that I've had I think so many boring. conversations with you about things you don't like. That it's, yeah. I have a large catalog of those in my head. Yeah. So, all right. I, like so. A, I don't like a lot of things. <laughs> you are. Yes, we know. Right. Uh, so, the week of this twee is going to be May 14th, 1982, the release of the original Conan the Barbarian. All right. So, music, the number one song in the land was Ebony and Ivory by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Speaking of things I don't like. <laughs> well, yeah, we've talked about your dislike of this song to death. Yeah. Yep. And how much we do. Oh, it's just such an underwhelming song that by two of the greatest of all time. What, is it better than I just called to say I love you? 
Ooh, that's a. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's better than that. It's better than I, I, I dislike. I just called to say I love you more than I dislike Ebony and Ivory. Is it better than say say say? Oh, oh my God! Oh God! No, I think say 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 is the worst. I'm trying Good to think. Of, trying to think of other ones. Been alone with you inside my mind. Ooh. <laughs> Do not bring Lionel Richie to the party because he's not invited. Aw. <laughs> he's always invited. And in my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand times. When we talk about the greatest, no, he is not invited. <laughs> but you know no. why? Because his wife is the bouncer and she won't let him in. Boom. Aw. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Jessica Lynn Setta, born May 15th, is a singer, dancer, songwriter, and actress known as Jay Setta. She is most known as a member of the American pop girl group, the Pussycat Dolls. She left the group in January 2010 to embark on her solo career and has not been heard from since. I don't know if she has or not. Yeah, I have no, like, I've listened to a lot of Pussycat Dolls, and I couldn't tell you which. Yeah, she, I think, has two albums released that she really didn't do one. anything. Yeah, she was one of the ones that wasn't Nicole. Okay, I, mm. I saw the picture. It's like, oh, okay, that's her. <laughs> I thought my description got it. Oh, the one that's not Nicole. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Moving on, Neil E. Bogart, born Neil Scott Bogatz, was an American record executive. He is perhaps best remembered as the founder of Casablanca Records. He started Casablanca in 1973 when he first signed Kiss and later became identified with the rise of disco, by promoting the careers of acts such as Donna Summer and the Village People. The label was also known for tapping into the funk market with the signing of George Clinton's Parliament in 1974. Shortly before his death, he founded Boardwalk Records and jumped on the New Wave bandwagon as disco was in decline. Joan Jett and Harry Chapin were among his last signings. Bogart died of cancer <laughs> and left Boma at 39 years old on May 8th. So are they saying that Joan Jett and Harry Chapin are New Wave? Joan Jett I can kind of see. Harry Chapin, no. Yeah, Harry Chapin's about as new wave as Donna Summer is metal. Yeah. Oh, he also signed Kiss. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go there. Wow. I've been remaining silent, just waiting for the Kiss joke. Yep. Yeah. I avoided it. Obligatory. And finally, on April 10th, WABC NYC played its last song before going off the air, which was John Lennon's Imagine. Was that a big Imagine station in New York City? I don't know, but I mean... It... That's a thing that happened? Yeah, that happened during the week. Ah. I mean, you would think it would be noteworthy if people bothered to give the specific date. Probably something like when the loop went off the air here yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, I remember when Q101 changed formats. That was pretty That's interesting. I mean, WNBC in New York is where Howard Stern got his start. You know, so I'm, I mean, I'm assuming their radio stations were pretty big news back then. Hmm. All right, moving on to movies. Conan the Barbarian debuted as the number one movie in the land, knocking off The Sword and the Sorcerer. Huh. Sea change there. Yeah, there was that period right there in the early 80s of a bunch of swords and sorcery epics, like Dragon Slayer and Lady Hawk and... Willow. Willow, yeah, Legend. Beastmaster. Yeah, Beastmaster, yeah. yeah. Oh, Beastmaster. Red Red Barbarians. The two barbarians. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god. Oh the yeah the barbarians the one about the yeah the two twin brothers. God, that was. I think that weird. was later though. No. Well, actually, that was yeah that was kind of in the because that, that was the late eighties. Like, I I would have sworn that was like eighty nine to ninety two. Yeah, I was just about to say it was like late eighties because I saw it when I was in high school with my father. Still, oh, okay. to this day, 
the worst movie I've ever seen in a theater. Came out in 1987. Wow. Yeah. Really? So horrible, horrible, horrible movie. One of my favorites from this time, 1983, was uh, Fire and Ice, the uh, animated one with uh, done by Ralph Bakshi and Frank Frazetta. I don't think I ever saw it. Oh. What was the one with the guy who made the shield out of the dragon scale? That's, well, that's uh, Dragon Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer, yeah, I liked that one a lot. Yeah, I, I rewatched that not too long ago, and I will tell you that those effects, they're, some of them don't hold up, but that dragon is still yeah. just as awesome. It's kind of slow, though. It is. It definitely I is I love slow. that movie, but it's kind of boring. Cue yeah. the Winged Serpent. All Ooh. right. Tatsuya Fujiwara was born on May 15th. He's a Japanese actor known internationally for his leading role as Shuya Nanahara in Battle Royale films. He also played Light Yagami in the Death Note film, Kaiji Ito in the Kaiji film, and Riko Hikoyuki in Hideo Nakata's The Insight Mill. In 2014, he portrayed the villain Shishio Makoto in the live-action Rurouni Kenshin films. Do you guys know, other than the, yeah, that well-read, but other than the Battle Royale films, are you guys familiar with those? Death Note. Death Note, definitely. Yeah, Death Note. Yeah. yeah. Death Note's like not counting the live action movie, like the, the anime is top notch. Yeah. And I've heard of Hideo. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I've heard of uh, Hideo Naka, Nakata, but I don't couldn't name any movies. I just heard that name before. Yeah, I never saw Kaiji, but when it comes to Battle Royale, Nanahara is like the one male character that I'd even remember. Because he's in both of them. Oh, Hideo, Hideo Nakatara did Ringu and Dark Water and Oh, okay. And Ringu too. That's why I'm a name. And I've heard of Roroon and Kenshin, but I, I couldn't intelligently speak about it. Yeah, I'm I'm the only one I know is Battle Royale because we did the show on it. So yeah. other than other than that I have no familiarity with him. I figured you guys would. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to tell you to watch Death Note, but I'm not sure you'd like it, and it probably it's the timing's wrong for the podcast. Only. Yeah, it's a really yeah. solid anime. All right, so TV. Uh, the top shows in the land are 60 Minutes, Dallas, Magnum P.I., and MASH. And very 80s. Very early 80s and very good lineup, actually. <laughs> That's some good TV right there. They've and they've re- some, some, some good Andy Rooney before he went cuckoo. <laughs> I'm Andy Rooney. I'm going to argue with my thumb today. <laughs> Before his eyebrows took over his face. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'm not his kidding. Eyebrow- eyebrows versus thumbs. <laughs> Let's fight. <laughs> I've been telling you people, my eyebrows are parasites. Please kill them. <laughs> it's like the first venom. It's his eyebrows up there. <laughs> Who's eating corn? What's going on? What is that? 60, 60 minutes. Oh, I thought that was. Uh, I thought you were stopped. doing Andy Rooney's eyebrows. I'm like, that's not the sound they make. They go. Oh, they, they, they go. I thought, he was eating, I thought he was. I thought he was eating plantains. It sounded like a man with no tongue laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. No Nose's cousin. Oh goodness, Mr. <laughs> no Tongue. I can't think of his name, but I'm trying to imagine the executioner from Game of Thrones now. That was laughing. actually what inspired that, because that's how his laugh is. Yeah, exactly. I don't try. <laughs> Damn it, that's perfect. All right, so Elizabeth, or I'm sorry, Rachel Elizabeth Boston, born May, born May 9th, is an American actress and producer. Boston has had leading roles in a number of independent films and was a regular cast member in several television series. She starred in American Dreams, The X List, in Plain Sight, and the acronym of the week, 
Wee. Which is W O E E. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that stands for World of Extreme Erections. <laughs> <laughs> that one looks like the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> also known as San Francisco. <laughs> Dude, that second season was just <laughs> the bomb. Was it extreme? It, it was hard to watch, but... Ah, I see what you mean. Ah, penis. It was worth it if you could make it to the finish. Uh, so come, what is it, Pat? Come, come one, come all. Uh-huh. That was the Witches of East End. Sorry, Josh, you were close. Whoa-wee! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so born May... I thought that was the Joey Lawrence show. <laughs> Whoa! Born May 11th in Calgary, Alberta, Corey Moneth. Moneth? Monteith. Monteith was an actor and musician known for his role in Glee until his suicide in 2013. Hmm. I pulled a Joel there. Started out way too happy. <laughs> happy, happy, happy death. <laughs> you guys you guys will never learn. He gleeked out. Yeah, I, I knew who he was, so I was like, this is not going to end well. Yep. Well, it went better than Joel's JFK stuff from last week, though. That... <laughs> was it JFK? When he was, no, trying, was, when he was trying to let him make Ma- the Martin Luther King yeah, jokes. MLK, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I still regret that. Well, it's okay. Now it's immortalized on the internet. (laughs) We will never let you forget it. (laughs) Nope. Joel runs for office. Guess what? Shit, Uh, if I run for office, I'm screwed. It's like the old Johnny Carson, Abraham Lincoln books bit. I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember those. All right. So Alexandra Hetherington Breckenridge. Wait, did you skip two points right now? You skipped two points. We had Glee Suicide. Yeah, because I okay. put a point in the All next right. show. Well, the that... next bullet point was just for you, basically. All right. Well, it's one of your favorite subjects. Thanks so. for pointing it out. Now I got to go back and edit it. <laughs> no, you don't. Who cares? Gonna... Yeah, who cares? Episode three hundred, whatever. <laughs> yeah, this is a, this is the professionalism they expect. All right. Born May eleventh, and no, I already did that one. Fuck. <laughs> you know, I would have gone back and done it anyway. I would have noticed. <laughs> Now I got more shit to edit. So, two shows ended their runs this week: The Incredible Hunk and Barney Miller. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Do you realize what you said, Mike? Yeah, I realize what I said. I, I mentioned okay. I'm not feeling a... awesome either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bruce, you're looking good in those purple shorts. Awesome. Oh, oh, smashing. <laughs> oh, smash. Hulk smash. All right, you done? Incredible hunk. It's, awesome. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't say it. All right. Oh, so. oh, God. I think I'm done. All right. Okay. Me too. <laughs> Tell me Two shows ended their runs this week The Incredible Hulk and Barney Miller. And I love both of those shows. I was a huge Incredible Hulk fan. Like back in the day, it was it was a show I watched every Friday. I used to watch Barney Miller after school every day. Yeah, same here. I my really dad like watched Barney Miller. My dad watched Barney Miller, so I would catch some every now and then. But I didn't really watch it a lot. So well, that's think, that's kind of where I was with him. Yes, yeah, I, I should watch that show. I watched it because it was like I got home from school and I watched my cartoon, eat dinner, and then after dinner it was like Channel Nine. Um, Welcome back, Cotter, and then Barney Miller was right after that. That's for a fun little, you know, fun little For hour. years with me and uh, Barney <laughs> Miller, it was one of those, I can remember what all the guys looked like, but for the life of me, I couldn't remember whether they were cops or reporters. No. Oh. Because it was all, like, in an office. No, yeah, they, well, they, and they were all detectives. 
Right. So they were like plain clothes. Right. Like, well, they, so they they kind of dressed like reporters. Yeah. So except for that one time when Wajahowitz got knocked down to beat cop. Well, the the kids have been watching NCIS lately for some reason. And um, yeah. yeah and Wojohowicz was on an episode. Oh, really? Just, yeah. Cool. Uh, so Hugh Beaumont, who famously played Ward Cleaver on Leave it to Beaver, died of a heart attack on 73 years old on May 14th. Jesus. See, I started out real slow and depressing, <laughs> yeah. and then I kicked it in you at the leaned, end there. <laughs> leaned into the happy towards the yeah. end. <laughs> Screw the you, Beaumont. <laughs> All right. Oh, Mr. Hugh Beaumont, America's dad back in the 60s. Yeah. He was an incredible hunk. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so Alexandra Hetherington Breckenridge, born May 15th, is an American actress. She began her career with supporting roles in the teen comedy films Big Fat Liar and She's the Man. She later had a supporting role in the short-lived series The X-List. She is also the voice of various characters on Family Guy. She starred in the first season of American horror story Murder House as young Moria O'Hara and portrayed Kaylee in the third season American horror story Coven. Uh, she portrayed Jesse Anderson in Walking Dead and Sophie on This Is Us. What's huh. funny is, like, I know I've seen a bunch of that, but the only uh, character I actually remember is Moira O'Hara from the first story. Well, that was a great. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I've still how... never seen it. What? Yep. She was really brief on Walking Dead. She wasn't there very long. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked her up. Yeah, and I don't remember <clears throat> Kaylee from Coven. Yeah, this October, Pat, you should probably, like, if you have the time, at least give the first couple episodes the first season of them a chance. I'd, I'd recommend it. You'll Asylum. know by episode three or four whether you like it or not. Yeah, Asylum is still my favorite, but, yeah. All right, I'll check it out. I might. I'm not saying no. If I meant no, I'd say no. Moving on to sports. <laughs> on May 18th, Detroit Tigers outfielder Larry Herndon became the 14th player in MLB history to hit four consecutive home runs. Wow. Hmm. Meaning like every you know four times in a row he stepped up to bat and hit a home run. It's impressive. I'm sure the other team's like, oh, come on, after the second. <laughs> well, Shirley can't do it again. Yeah. Dink! Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> yeah, you'd think at that point they'd walk him. <laughs> maybe, I'm just maybe, saying. Maybe that's why he didn't get five in a row. Maybe you On should. May 13th. <laughs> sorry. I was On say. May 13th. Go ahead, go ahead. That was just, it's stupid now. Maybe we should brush him back. <laughs> brush back. On May 13th, the Chicago Cubs collected their 8,000th franchise win with a 5-0 to defeat of the Houston Astros. That's a lot of wins. Is it, though, for the franchise? Well, they, what, probably have, they probably have 10,000 losses. He's not wrong. No. Yeah. On May 16th, in Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals, held in the Pacific Coliseum, the New York Islanders completed their three-peat as they swept the Vancouver Canucks with a 3-1 win. Mm. And lastly, William Anthony Tony Parker Jr., born May 17th, <laughs> is a French-American... What? He's saying Ghostbusters. Thinking... <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, Mike. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> is a French-American former NBA player... Parker won four NBA championships, all of which were with the San Antonio Spurs. Parker was named to six NBA All-Star Games, three All-NBA Second Teams, and an All-NBA Third Team. He was also the 2007 NBA Finals MVP. That's a lot of acronym. Yep. Hmm. He's going to make the Hall of Fame, I'm sure. You'd hope so. Yep. Well, if not, and he'll get a gold he record. Be, 
He used to be married to Eva Longoria, too. Hmm. Oh, random. that's why I know the name. Yep. Okay. Thought it sounded familiar. And then, you know, me and sports were like super tight. <laughs> once you once you used up Len Bias, you don't have very far, very far to go after that. You know? All right, so take us out, Keyboard Joel. No, 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 no. Aw, Keyboard Joel is tired. So Conan the Barbarian came out in 1982. Uh, young boy, Conan, becomes a slave after his parents are killed and tribe destroyed by a savage warlord and sorcerer, Thulsa Doom. When he grows up to become a fearless, invisible fighter, set free, he then plots revenge against the aforementioned Thulsa Doom. I wouldn't say he's invincible. No. <clears throat> I wouldn't the... say he's aforementioned. But I would like some Thulsa Doom. Thulsa, Thulsa Shark. Thulsa Doom. Chips and Thulsa Doom. So this is directed by John Milius. Uh, known for such things as Conan the Barbarian, obviously. Uh, also wrote Jeremiah Johnson and oh. uh, wrote Apocalypse Now. What? Wow. Yeah. I don't. I'm not familiar with Jeremiah Johnson. What is that? It's the Robert Redford movie where he's a like a frontiersman. Yeah. Oh. And you always see that gif of him turning and kind of smiling. Yeah. 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 That's Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah. Okay. So uh, some of the stuff that that he has uh, directed, uh, Rough Riders, the miniseries in '97. Uh, he did Conan the Barbarian, and Joel mentioned this in the original show. Uh, he after Conan, he directed Red Dawn. Uh, also, Flight of the Intruder, which is that Danny Glover, Willem Dafoe classic that you always wanted. Do you think they're ever going to remake that one so we get the whole set? Maybe. I, I... hope not. <laughs> what know... are they shouting Red Dawn? What's Wolverines. that? Yeah. Wolverines, that's it. I couldn't remember what it was. Avenge me! <laughs> Attica. Yeah, and uh, John wrote this along with uh, Oliver Stone. And Edward Summer, who uh, was uncredited as the story writer for this, uh, has this and a short called Sirens in 2009 and something in 1970 called Item 72D, The Adventures of Spa and Fawn. Classic. I I don't know, it, but it's got Hervé Villachez in it, so it can't be totally bad. Classic. Yes, it can. I mean... A little Hervé's good. Is there another kind? Not really. So I guess he's good all around. I like a little Hervé Villachez in my thought. <laughs> all right. Spices it up a little. So uh, this stars uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan, James Earl Jones as the aforementioned Salsa Doom, Max von Sydow as King Osric. Uh, in this one, though, he's Max von Sydow. Why do they have that in there? What the hell, dude? Max von Capital S- V? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they capitalized the V. In this- I don't even know. Sendal Bergman is Valeria. Ben Davidson is Rexor. Uh, which one was Rexor? It's that, uh, that drug that'll give you anal leakage and possible. It's for heartburn. Okay, I think you watched a different movie then? <laughs> Maybe. All right. <laughs> Cassandra Gava as The Witch. Jerry Lopez as Subutai, Mako as the wizard and narrator, Valerie Quenenson as the princess, William Smith as Conan's father, and Louis Barbu as red hair. All right, I had to look it up. Um, oh, Ben Davidson, the guy Rexor, that was the 
guy with the really long hair that looked like he belonged to Jethro Tull? Oh, was he the guy that always played bad guys in the 80s movie? Yeah. Like, he usually had a crew cut. Yeah, but he, um, you know, there was the guy with the hammer and the guy with the sword. He was the guy with the sword. Mm-hmm. They all looked like they belonged on a cover of a Man of War record. <laughs> well, I was saying that he, honestly. Or in, a, in, in, a, in a Motorhead cover band. I was going to say, it looked like Lemmy. <laughs> yep. I, I would have enjoyed this more if Lemmy was in it. I mean, they'd be like, hey, Lemmy, get in costume. You know what? No, okay, you're fine. <laughs> he shows up wearing chain mail and leather stud. Yeah. Him and Rob Halford. <laughs> he was like, have you been to costuming already? No. We just got off tour. Right. So, uh, j- trivia. James Earl Jones was a last-minute addition to the cast because of his comments, uh, commitments on Broadway. Uh, he and Arnold Schwarzenegger became friends on set, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger helps Jones stay in shape, and Jones coached Schwarzenegger on acting, along with uh, Max von Sydow. Bunch of, couple of pretty good coaches, if you get a oh, coach yeah. by somebody. I just, yeah, I, to the yeah, I just in my vis- in my mind now, I have a, a vision of James Earl Jones doing uh, bench press and Schwarzenegger spotting him. With Max von Sydow over in the corner eating chips. <laughs> Just... Acting like he's with <laughs> <laughs> some Tulsa doom. Uh, despite some uh, commentary, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not wearing a wig. Uh, that is his own natural hair, and he started growing it out in 1979 because he wanted to be in this movie. Nice. That's a bit of a commitment. Respect. I do respect that. He's like, I'm going to be in that movie in five years, so I'm going to start growing my hair now. Arnold, they haven't even started writing that movie. No, no, no. You don't understand. (laughs) So um, Arnold Schwarzenegger had weapons training, martial arts training, and horse riding lessons from specialists. He trained with an 11-pound broadsword for two hours a day for three months, learned how to handle one, and each broadsword that he used in the movie cost $10,000 and uh, had to look weathered. He also learned climbing techniques and how to fall and roll and jump from at least 15 feet in the air. John Malias made sure all these were videotaped, and according to Schwarzenegger, they were just as intense as a training for bodybuilding competition. Franco Colombo was his trainer and was also rewarded with a small part in the film. He played the snake. Not the rigid one. And he was not, No, he was the Pictish scout uh, in Conan the Barbarian. Pictish? Yep, Pictish. Yeah. Uh, and also carry, kept moving along with uh, Schwarzenegger because in Terminator, he was the future Terminator, and then he was also the 911 security officer in Running Man. So, oh. yeah. I suppo- ah. Yeah, I suppose oh. if uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger likes you, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to stick along with this guy. So, uh, at an interview, John Myla said that the dogs they used in the film were very unfriendly and dangerous. He went as far to say that when you had the dogs chasing Arnold... When he's running, he's actually running for his life because those dogs were so mean they even were attacking their trainers. Might be time to get a new Yeah, I was saying, that's a very bad trainer then. <laughs> right? Oh, by, the, by the way, uh, to go back in the trivia a little bit, um, mm. kind of topical, Franco Colombo uh, died last week. Oh, that's right. Aww. I saw that. Yeah. Arnold you know, was all over Twitter posting all his uh, condolences and stuff, talking about he was one of the nicest guys he ever met. Yeah. Big dude. Yeah. Well, he he was known in Italy for uh, moving parked cars. Yeah, I like, saw literally that. Just... <clears throat> He'd help people parallel park. <laughs> yep. 
So, although the Hyborian Age of Conan was approximately 10,000 BC, creator Robert E. Howard used medieval themes and influence Conan's stories to avoid any complicated historical research. Um, Oliver Stone's script, however, placed the story in a post-apocalyptic future rather than the different past. Uh, they abandoned that script and used the original timeline. Let's say a Although I would like to see it. Yeah, I could see a future futuristic Conan would be pretty cool. I don't know. I, I, I was going to say, I'm, I, I'm afraid it might turn into like a Zardoz. Well, as long as they don't put everybody in diapers, I guess. <laughs> it's true. So uh, we had talked about this earlier a little bit before the before the show, but uh, Thulsa Doom's on-screen transformation into the giant snake was one of the most elaborate special effects in the film. It involved fake body parts, live and dummy snakes, miniatures, and other camera tricks combined into sequence with the lap dissolve. Uh, after James Earl Jones was filmed in position, he was replaced by a hollow framework with a rubber mask that was pushed from behind by a snakehead-shaped puppet to give the illusion of his bones changing. The head was then replaced with a six-foot-long mechanical snake. As it moved outwards, a crew member pressed a foot pedal to collapse it, and for the final sequence, a real snake was filmed on a major set. Hmm. So... A lot of respect to these effect guys back in like the 80s and early 90s before CGI came in. Yeah, coming up with those gags was I've, obviously was not easy. I mean, that's limited... really cool. Just thinking back, because we didn't when we started the show, the last time we looked at this, we didn't really do. Tri- so this was something that completely flew over our heads. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad we looked at this. Yeah, I'm flip flopping. <laughs> Let the boys <laughs> stay in the well. Uh, also, I like this trivia a lot because I'm really in my mind how the how it could have changed but Oliver Stone asked Ridley Scott fresh off of doing Alien to direct and he said no might have been a what would that move what would that look like Thulsa Doom like bursts out of somebody's chest I don't know Rid- Ridley Scott had a knack for you know making good movies so I mean it would have felt different but I think it would have been a, a really cool movie to see yeah and normally our first question, is this the first viewing for any of us, Moot, because we did this three, 299 shows ago. I was going to say, the answer better be, I fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, is there anything like just that you noticed this viewing around that uh, you didn't want, didn't notice last time? Um. Well, I watched it this time with Laura, and she does a very good Arnold Schwarzenegger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> So that was different. Um, no, seriously, the, I mean, that is true. But one thing I noticed that I missed the first time around um, is at the end of the film, there's like 15 minutes of silence. Like he's sitting on the steps. He goes, he spins the thing around, he lights the thing on fire, they ride off. And um, I don't remember that originally. And I also caught that when after he kills um, Thalsa, he drops or kicks his head out or throws his head out down the stairs and then he drops the sword like he's dropping a mic. And I was like, huh. interesting. Yeah, the I, I still have notes and listening to last the, the first show, you know, we had commentary about false the the big battle was kind of lacking. You know, you we were I I even this time around, because it's been seen, I'm like, oh the you know, the big battle, the two big guys going after each other and then okay, well maybe he'll just take his head off. So well, I'll be honest with you, that was kind of one of the things I liked about it. What, that it wasn't some big drawn-out mega battle? 
simply because I mean that was one of the kind of one of the points is he was a quote unquote thousand year old sorcerer. He had special powers, obviously, and all this kind of stuff. But I mean, in the end, you know, he still could just be killed like any other man because you know everything needs a head, <laughs> right? And the fact that you know, I mean, that one of the things I like about this movie a lot is um, it resembles in a lot of ways a Dungeons and Dragons episode. And I did mention this in the first episode we did of the of our show. This this plays almost like a you know D and D campaign in a way. You know, it's like a you know Conan and his sidekick running around. You know, I could imagine like you know us doing a two man campaign like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, at the end when you know when there's a you know, a level 10 barbarian, you know, hacking at a level 10, we'll just say level 20, even whatever wizard, you know, if they're just face to face and there's no magic going on, guess what? Somebody's getting their head chopped off and it's not going to be the, the barbarian. And the well, DM was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? He's like, you just rolled a 20, dude. <laughs> and there were lots of moments where Conan was wandering into town and he's like, I would do it. And then he <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, um, actually... I have seen this movie probably a dozen times, and I did actually, funny enough, catch something this this viewing that I've never noticed before. And, and it's the scene right before um, he punches out the camel. Oh, when they're talking to the one shopkeeper, and the shopkeeper's like, "Hey, I also have this," and he shows him the jar of whatever. It dawned on me now. I was like, "Oh, that was like some kind of drug," and they bought that, and that's yeah. why he was. I always just assumed they'd been drinking or whatever, and you know, I was like, "Yeah, they're just showing a little funny vignette." I was like. No, it ties into the last scene. They bought that shit and they did it, and now he's all fucked up and he punched a camel. I was like, it literally took me like till this viewing to figure that out. Yeah, because he's like, um, they're like, how do you know we're not getting the bad stuff or whatever? And he's like, well, you guys are, are. Uh, yeah, why would I screw you guys? Yeah, basically, it was his. his you're the working class, so you're the you know the, the lowest of the low. So you know you need this. Hmm. Yeah, they were high. They were high as. Yep. <laughs> And I think the camel punching scene is why they had to run everywhere. Because after they punch the camel, they're like, don't sell him a horse. He's just going to punch it. <laughs> and, well, and Subutai even says, he's like, you're too big to be a thief. Yeah. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. and on, on the thieving side of things, one of the notes that I had in here was the the giant animatronic snake that was in the temple was, for the time, another one of those really amazing uh practical effects but nobody i mean did did conan not realize that the snake was real when they went i think down they there? realized it was real but they were trying not to wake it up yeah that's I'm, why that, that's why they were just reaching over it and trying to be quiet and everything they just didn't want anybody they were trying to get in and out without anybody even knowing they were there and i guess the snake is probably just used to all the chaos going up top as everyone's trying to get the naked lady to jump in the hole exactly Sorry i mean there were tons of bones yeah. <laughs> there were tons of bones everywhere. I mean, they'd done this a million times. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, because he stands there and he's looking at the, the snake symbol above the door for a while before the snake, you know, is getting closer and closer. Yeah. He's not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, because when uh, um, Subatai runs back down the hallway under that tunnel, goes all the way back under the, tun- under the tunnel, comes back, goes, where? You almost see in his face. Where is he? <laughs> how, how do I lose a guy the size of a refrigerator? He's he was pretty good with that bow and arrow too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he even said so early on. He's like, I'm a thief and an expert marksman or something. Archer. Archer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, can anybody explain to me what the purpose of the camouflage was in the later on? It's it almost like a commando. It looked really cool. Yes. Yeah, that's that's where I'd put it. That's the only excuse I could think of because it wasn't really camouflage. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of black and white in there, but you know, it's like mm. storm shadow trying to hide in a forest. Well, I mean, our 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 conversation on this on the first show was that they were trying to get into Neo, uh, then Goth Knight, then Goth Knight, yeah. I actually thought that I would be much more critical this time around, but because I remembered thinking it was cool and looking uh, through it with kind of rose-colored glasses, the movie not being that great, I think I kind of reverse talked myself out of kind of negative thinking about the movie, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like I, I expected to be critical of it, and as a result, I wasn't. Well, I'm kind of the same thing, because I was expecting it to be, oh, this old age. Yeah, like what would be, what would the opposite of rose colored glasses be? Poop colored glasses? Yeah, you don't want those. Those return those. Yeah, my poop colored glasses. <laughs> but one thing, one question I did have that I was going through is when he's in the big grinding machine, the big walking in a circle for twenty years. What are they doing? What are, there's no wheat around. What they're training? Is that's how you train? We, we discussed this five years ago. Okay, it is it, it is training. It's a training wheel. All right, cool. Yeah. So I, I watched this movie with my sister. Um, she'd never seen it before, and she decided she wanted to to watch it. And at one point, she's like, "Well, what is the purpose of this thing?" It's like you know, it's never really said. It's just you know, it's just there. It's a big wheel. You know, you don't know if it's turning anything or if it's just there for like a training thing or if it's just there to hold the kids and get them all trained until they either die or get sold off or what. It's just never explained. It's powering the nuclear power plant. And I, I mean, kind of a little bit, I kind of like that it's never explained. It's just one of those things. You're like, you know what? You just don't know what it's for. <laughs> it's a montage. Kind <laughs> of the opposite of the remake where they would have had a 20 minute explanation of the creation of the. <laughs> yeah. They would have shown the guys building the damn thing. That giant circle thing. Thulsa Doom's like, I want them walking in a circle. All right, what what does it do? Circle. No, no I mean, does it, it do anything? No, they circle. And make years. sure to fill in the you know where they walk, so it doesn't like you know they don't end up walking in a trench all the time. Just keep filling it in <laughs> and give them bathroom break, give them bathroom breaks every now and then, you know, and maybe something to eat. But the important thing is, don't ever stop the circle. Yeah, the circle of life. Another James Earl Jones film. It's powering the Lion King. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the other side of the from the Island of Lost. Ooh. So uh. we'll subatai the smoke monster. Oh. I like how you're going with this. Um, well, whereas you guys went back, I, I was kind of curious how I would take this when I went back through it. And I actually found myself liking it less. So I had kind of the opposite effect. Um, the acting was kind of subpar. Well, I, it's I no Mary Poppins. No, you know, but I mean, there were parts of it I, I liked, but I just found myself less interested in than previously. There's other Arnold Schwarzenegger much rather watch than, than like Jingle All the Way, like The Running Man. If the closing credits had been one of Paula Cole's many hits, would have that have improved? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Oh. <laughs> oh, I had I hate many to say hits. this, I hate to say this, but on when we took the break. I went upstairs and I asked Suzanne, like, all right, Paula Cole, she did Cowboys, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that song. And it's like, and then she did the theme song from Dawson's Creek. And she looked at me and she's like, 
Yeah, I don't I don't know that song. I'm like, God damn it, you proved Pat right. Yep. <laughs> but you could have kept that a secret. I could have kept that a secret, but the thing is like a minute later she's like, Oh yeah, and she did the same thing everybody does. Goes, I don't wanna wait. Like, yeah, that's exactly it. She's like, Yeah, I know that song. Okay. So that well respected hit. Yes. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> there was a lot of running in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, there was. was when I was listening back to the original episode a couple weeks ago, um, I was like, man, was this like the Lord of the Rings except running? And I kept thinking, you know, maybe we were just playing it up. And then when I watched it, I was like, no, no, a lot of running in this. So let's talk a little bit about the first time we talked about this, because uh, listening to that again was kind of a treat. Like, I, it was not nearly as uh, cringe as I thought it was going to uh-uh. No, it wasn't. I mean, I... You know, outside of like the audio stuff and all of us, you know, learning pacing and actually having a format for the show, which is something that I think was a great addition. Um, <laughs> actually planning to say things. Yeah. This was before show notes and everything. Yeah. We just watched the movies and started recording. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, definitely I was recording on a gaming headset mic that cost like $12 when it was purchased like five years previous. Mm-hmm. So it was one step up from uh, two tin cans and a string. Yep, and, uh, and Pat, my, Pat was not much better. Yeah, and Pat was recording in another room. <laughs> <laughs> I was that was like two podcasts ago. Um, you know, one one thing that that uh, definitely proved that we didn't have show notes was when we're like, so which one do we want to talk about first, the old one or the new one? Yeah, like we didn't even know how we were going to do the, the conversation about the two films. Although Mike, you did throw in some trivia at one point. Really? Yeah. Yep. Somehow I missed that. I must tune that out. Yeah. Well, it was only like two or three, two or three things from trivia. That's all. That's all we had. But, uh, you know, and it's, and we had no twee. There was no this weekend. Nope. nope. There was, that didn't, that didn't start until like episode, uh, like 80 or a hundred, something like that. Uh, was it that late? No, I think it, it was, was like in the forties. I, I'm not 100, percent but it was it was it was late. It was a, definitely over a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did we, before we started having like separation of of stuff, and uh, that's before we had a theme song too. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Was that when were we still doing the rotating every week theme songs, or was it that? Yeah. I'm trying to. Th- yeah. I kept I kept going to um, license free radio or music music web pages trying to find music that would kind of fit the theme for what we were talking about, and then. Yep, I remember that. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't find anything. The song doesn't make any sense." We did have a, we did have a bridge for the uh, then and now, so that's something. Like a musical bridge. Yeah, yeah, like we do yeah. now. Like a rainbow bridge. Yeah, rainbow bridge, and then Thor comes over and kicks everybody's ass or not you guys listen to a different yeah <laughs> but yeah, i agree it was not nearly as cringy as i was expecting i was expecting you know peter pan level show and i found myself entertained and laughing and remembering things that we had talked about that have gotten yeah well we are funny gentlemen funny looking and yeah, i am the i am the talent so how could we go wrong you know true I, I mean, and I don't want to. I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much for this, but for a first show, it's pretty damn solid. Yeah, you know, I would agree. Yeah, and I think this is more out of the context, and we expected it to not be right. Like looking back. Yeah, I mean, because it's when you when you think three hundred uh, episodes ago, and you're like, huh, that's a long time. I bet that show really sucks. But uh, no, it's uh, I mean, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that. 
the four of us kind of like live in movie, TV, and pop culture trivia to begin with. So, and even though it had been a while since we'd really, you know, talked on a regular basis, you know, we already had a friendship going into it. So. Yeah, yeah, we just uh, fell right back into it. It's not like we had to learn learn each other. Yeah, to learn wow. where that line is. We did have the team colonoscopies. Hey, if you're gonna build a team, going to get something shoved up your ass together is always the best way to do it. Is it? No. Well, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it's, I'm got to say, this has been, I, when I've told people, you know, they're like, oh, you're recording time. Like, yeah, we're recording show 300. It's been all the same, the same reaction from everybody. What? Like, yeah, the same, same thought I had. What? <laughs> I didn't think we'd get this far. Well, it helps that it doesn't feel like it's been 300 shows. Feels more like 500. <laughs> 294. Maybe. The first show felt like two shows. The second show felt more like one show. The third show was like three shows. And everything past the fourth 10, show he was like remember. half a show. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> It'll make you punch camels. If only. Show me a camel. Hey, we did do thumbs up, thumbs down on. Yeah, we did. We did. Note to self don't take Pat to the zoo. <laughs> Again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Conan. Where's your camels? I'm here for camel punching. <laughs> Where's the heavy petting zoo? <laughs> I want a two-way petting zoo. You pet the animals, and the animals. Yeah. I I don't know where to take. Rigid. I don't know where to take this. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew that was what Pat was getting at, but like hearing it explicitly made it so much worse. It's like, you know you're going to, get a col- going to get a colonoscopy, but when you get there, it's like, oh, this is worse than I expected it to be. So, Pat, just one last thing before we move on to the, the break, because I think we're about there. Yeah. At the end, when he's sitting on the throne, every time do you when you watch that, do you get frustrated? I, just, I get so mad every single time. I even said something to Michelle as the end, and I was like, yeah, I'm still waiting for that that fucking movie. Conan yeah, like, well, And she asked me, she asked me, she said, they never made a sequel? I'm like, well, they did, but it was really not very good. And they never made the sequel about him as a king. They still keep teasing me with that shit. Was he, was he in Red Sonja at some point? Even yeah. Even as a cameo? Yep. No, he had a little bit part. He, I, he had, I, like maybe, I think, maybe 10, 15 minutes of screen time. Because as I was watching that, I'm like, God, Pat must be sitting there every time he watches it. I always see Patrick sitting on the can like that. <laughs> like that's he, every, time, every time he goes to the bathroom, he sits like Conan the King, pondering. That's less pondering and more straining. Really? <laughs> King Gokan. You notice I did not argue that. I'm just like it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Yep. He's not <laughs> so much. <laughs> not so much has it's his. Like, yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really have his his chin on his hand as he's just biting the heel of his hand. <laughs> like oh. Lenny. <laughs> oh, God. oh man, there's something to think about. Could we do a Laverne and Shirley show? They got to remake that shit. Yeah, versus Broad City. We talked about it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so... Uh, we are going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Conan the Barbarian 2011 and, uh, you know, how things have changed since the second... Now it's the second time I've watched that movie. <laughs> Pat owns that movie. Pat owns it? Which, which movie? Conan. Conan the Barbarian 2011. You oh, own yeah. Blu-ray. I, yeah. yeah, I do. Ooh. All right, so we will be back in a little bit.
right, we are back, and we are going to talk about 2011's Conan the Barbarian yet again. Uh, of the IMDb, a vengeful barbarian warrior sets off to get his revenge on the evil warlord who attacked his village and murdered his father when he was a boy. I agree with that. That is true. Uh, this is directed by Marcus Nispel, who uh, has done Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, uh, Pathfinder, another... I think that, that's like a Viking type thing, isn't it? It's another period action. Yeah. Uh, he's currently doing something called Moon Child and... Uh, 2000. Friday the 13th? Yeah, Friday the 13th, and also did something called Ladies and Gentlemen, The Best of George Michael back in 99. So that... Yeah, he comes from a background as a director. Yep. Uh, this was also written Dean, Thomas Dean Donnelly, who uh, has written such things outside of Conan as Sahara, which wasn't too bad. I agree. Uh, Dylan Dog, which I've heard I need to see. That's fun. Yeah. And it's worth watching one. something called The Sound of Thunder. So, don't know. But he seems like he's good at writing movies that are just all right. But uh, also helping him writing was Joshua Oppenheimer. <laughs> Dr. Oppenheimer. Who also helped him with Sahara, Dylan Dog, and Sound of Thunder. They've been together writing pretty good movies. So, cast Jason Momoa. Yeah, pre-Aquaman, Conan. And pre-Cal Drago. Yeah, that's, yep. tr- that's true. Uh, pretty big. Yeah. Stephen Lang as Kalar Zim. Now, okay, here's a question for you. If you have a bad guy in the movie, which is a, which the better name? Thulsa Doom or Kalar Zim? Thulsa Doom. It's got uh, the name Doom. It's got the word Doom in it. Yeah, but yeah, that's... I mean, yeah, I'm with Pat on this. If he would have been Kalar Doom... It's just that Thulsa part always throws it. It does. It sounds like, you know, Thulsa. Uh, well, kinda... Zim sounds like Zima. I mean, everything sounds like something. I don't even think Thulsa sounds all that much like Salsa. I've been making that joke for five years, and I, I still... Right, so... Well, I mean, whenever he watches uh, Frozen, he always calls her Salsa, not Elsa. That doesn't sound anything like... <laughs> oh. But if her, name, if her name was Elsa Doom, you'd be like, oh, yeah, Salsa Doom. Well, just let it go, but... Oh, I'll allow it. <laughs> I, I did open that door, so you did. No, Rachel Nichols as Tammy, the the pure blood Tamara. She's pretty. She's uh, very pretty. Yeah, she. Mm-hmm. We've actually seen her in something else. Uh, we. She was Scarlet in the GI Joe movies. Oh, yeah. She yeah. looked kind of like Farrah Fawcett. I thought. Yeah, a little bit. I could see that. She's also yeah. been in the TV show called The Librarians, which is kind of. Kind of fun. Uh, and then uh, Titans, which is a DC uh, Teen Titans live action movie. Where she, what does she play? I don't know. Angela Azrath? Got me, man. I don't know. Never saw it. That's DC. Um, Ron Perlman as Corin, uh, Corin's dad. Ron yeah. Rose McGowan as Marique. He creepy ass. Yeah. Uh, Queen of Hearts looking demon child running around. Uh, Bob Sapp as Ukafa. Uh, we actually just watched him not too long ago. Yep, in, Longest in, Yard. Longest Yard. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Leo he, How- he, broke, he broke in my nose. Yeah, that's him. Leo Howard as Young Conan uh, from uh, also Young Snake Eyes in the G.I. Joe movie. Oh, yeah. wow, a, lot of, a lot of G.I. Joe. Here. Yeah, two of them. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's more than most movies. That's true. Uh, Stephen O'Donnell is Lucius, the guy who got his nose cut off. And then, ah, yeah. Mr. No Nose. Mr. No Nose, yes. Uh, also, uh, was Simon the Summoner in A Knight's Tale. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I, you yeah. know what? I really enjoy A Knight's Tale. It's stupid, it's corny, but for like a Saturday afternoon movie that you really don't have to think about too much. I think I need to watch it again because I saw it in the theater and I was very mad about the period piece with the modern music because I didn't know that going in. Mm. So I think knowing that now, if I watched it again, maybe I wouldn't. I would hope so because, yeah, I I, I really enjoyed it because so many people panned it and I was pleasantly surprised, but I knew what I was getting. I had precisely the opposite experience. Yeah, I concur. Maybe I I need to watch it again. Yeah, I think you you do. do. Because I do like the whole cast and so... Yeah, and they play off really well with each other. We gotta we gotta figure out a reason to do that for the show too. But uh, also, Nanzo and Nozi uh, was in in this as uh, artist, his buddy running around. Uh, we've he was actually in the live action Cinderella, and he's filming something called Dragon Rider, which I really oh sorry it's a it's a movie. He was like, I'm really in. Never mind. I got all excited. I was to see him riding a real, like a live act, you know, doing a live action movie with him riding dragons around. I'd be totally on with that. Uh, most likely, all uh, that you've known him also was uh, he played Abraham Kenyatta in the TV series Zoo. If you guys watch that, that's uh, yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it's where the animals go nuts type of thing. It's it's where we're no longer at the top of the food chain type. Of, it's it's a oh, decent show. Two way uh, petting zoo run amok. Yes. <laughs> Yes, two-way heavy petting zoo. Uh, Rod <laughs> Rawi as Fasir, who I for initially thought was the same guy who played the trinket seller in um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was I could, him. I could see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah, they got that whole like funky hairdo and the teeth thing going. Yeah. But uh, he was the guy who got chucked across by the uh, trebuchet. Uh, Lalila Roos as Fiala. Who was she? I think we're getting into the... Oh, she was that, that creepy arch, archer girl. Uh, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Side Tam, Tagmui as Elishan. Tamaguchi. Tamaguchi. Say it. Tamagachi as uh, Elishan. Now, which one was he? He was the guy with the <laughs> eye patch. Okay. That's right. He was the thief. Yeah. Yeah. And see, that's the thing. It's like with this movie, it's like, oh, yeah, there's eye patch guy. Oh, there's archer girl. Oh, there's well, the guy. Who the hell was Artis? I thought Artis was the one-eyed guy. Artis was the black dude? Artis, no, Artis was, um... Yes, Artis yeah, was Ar- the, the dreadlock African-American. Yeah, the big, yeah, the, the his big buddy. black dude, yeah. Okay, yeah, right. he, was, he was the buddy, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. so Elishan was the, was it, was he the eye patch, yeah, the thief guy. Yeah, yeah. the eye patch guy. Yeah, because yeah, okay. you saw him in the beginning, didn't see him to the very end. Uh, Remo, who never lets him down, uh, was played by Milton Welsh. He's the one that got launched oh, by the church. That's right, okay. Uh, he's also... Known for uh, being in Grand Budapest Hotel and for another reason as being in the movie Eon Flux. Where he was launched in a tra- three of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's his kind of his thing. thing. Yeah. 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 Are you, you serious? Yeah. You, you don't you remember that scene from Grand Budapest where they launched a the guy off the trebuchet at the top of the I've, top no, of the I've never seen it, and it is a Wes Anderson movie, so I wouldn't entirely be surprised. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guess you're going to have to watch it. <laughs> I mean, you know, the main character could be into trebuchets. You know, that could be a Wes Anderson thing for sure. 
He's got trebuchets lined up symmetrically across his entire room. And they're all very strange color palettes. Yeah. Uh, Bor- Borislav Ilev as Wild Man. Now, I know that. See, that's how I was looking at all the, all the bad guys in this one. That's well, they were a... all one-dimensional. Yeah. yeah, it could be summed up in three or four words. Yeah. yeah, Wild Man and also Nathan Jones as Akun. Uh, who was also Rictus Erectus in Mad Max Fury Road. And if you don't know who Nathan Jones is, he's one of the largest men on the planet. Yeah. If he was uh, not so damn slow, he would have made it in the WWE, but he was way too slow. <laughs> he only got one match. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, in if in Mad Max, he was the guy who was, um, it's a boy, perfect in every way, that guy. The guy that's firing the, has like the, the belt yeah. fed chain gun. Yeah. Hey, all I remember is the Duff Warrior. Oh, yeah. And he's, <laughs> and this is something else. He is also in <laughs> Revenge of the Mask 2 Who Killed Ricky? What? Oh, you got a lot of explaining to do. He was in <laughs> Troy. I know that. Yeah. Nathan Jones. Yeah. What? The what? dude that, that Achilles stabs in the shoulder in the very beginning when he runs across the field and just stabs him and fight over. Oh, yeah. That, was Nathan, that, that was Nathan Jones. Huh. I'm sorry. I, I went, I'm looking and I went down the, the, the rabbit hole on the mask thing. Uh-oh. Yeah. Like, there have been 16 mask movies released. Yeah, like... Let's, let's do an all-mask show. Well, it stars Dean Cain and Nathan Jones. How weird is that? Oh, yeah, that's that qual- is a good combo. Yeah. All right, so some trivia. Uh, TV's Dean Cain. <laughs> I played Superman. Uh, after the production of the film was completed, Jason Momoa went on to star as Khal Drogo in the first season of Game of Thrones. Nanzo Anzoi, who played Conan's shipmate Artis, would star as, oh God, Zaro Zohan Doxos. That's do- pretty good, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, pretty good. Wow, that's where I recognized him. Oh, he was, was in also. Me crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's trivia. Um, good old duck sauce. Uh, the film was originally rumored to be a remake of the original Conan Barbarian Uh, was revealed that the film was not a remake but a reboot and had been intended to be more true to the original stories by Robert E. Howard and going back to our first show I know Josh is the only one that's actually read those stories so is this true? No (laughs) I mean that may have been their intent (laughs) but uh uh, Robert Howard did not exactly have uh, priestesses who lived in a convent their whole yeah. life who inexplicably are badasses until they're not and need to be saved by Conan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that plot. I- I've been bitching about that for five years, and it made me madder watching it this time. Yeah. I noticed that, too. It's like yep. the, the badass switch can be turned on and off depending on whether or not Conan is within 10 feet. A- and her backstory doesn't indicate that it ever should have been turned on in the first place. Yeah. But she's a pureblood. I don't think you get it. It's the proximity effect. If you're that close to Jason Momoa, you automatically... <laughs> Is that how that works? Works uh, for uh, Daenerys, so... Yeah, I guess so. All right, so some more trivia. Jason Momoa and Rachel Nichols would later be offered the roles of Drax the Destroyer and Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy. In a wise move, they both turned the roles down, and Dave Bautista and Zoe Saldina respectively took them. Huh, that would have been... Re- uh, and I like Rachel Nicholas. Zoe Saldana way back to <laughs> Yeah. Well, and Dave Bautista really has embodied that role. Yeah. He really I mean, he, he totally, is great as Drex. Yeah. 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 He totally made that his own. 
Yeah, I'm moving so slowly. I, I can see you moving right now. No, you can't. Eating a Zagnut. <laughs> I'm going to die surrounded by idiots. <laughs> Love that. Uh, so also in the casting side of things, Kellen Lutz. Yes, you would if you. Oh, if I watch Breaking Dawn. If I watch any of the Twilight movies, apparently. Yes. You've probably seen his trailer. Yeah. Yes. I, lo- I just looked him up. I've, I've seen him. Um, and Jared Padalecki were considered for the lead, which eventually went to Jason Momoa. And Again, I, I agree with that. Very different movie. Because, I mean, Jared Padalecki went on to be in Friday the 13th with Marcus Nismal, but I, I cannot see him in that role I at all. No. You know what probably the reason it is is that because he's been in Supernatural for, 20, no, for 15, 16 years as the nice guy. You know, so it's it's not like he can... You know, he's kind of stuck in that role. I couldn't see him being like the barbarian berserker type of guy. Well, and he's just not big enough. You know? What? Well, I mean, yeah, I was going to say, he's definitely tall enough. Whereas Kellen Lutz at least sort of looks the part, although he's too, he's too like pretty, like blonde hair, blue eyed for Conan. I mean, if you're going to have a barbarian, I don't usually picture. Yeah. That's a thief's role. But yes, also moving on, we think we got one more here. A Conan sequel was abandoned after this film did poorly at the box office. However, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who played Conan in the original Conan the Barbarian, announced that he was going to return to the role of Conan, which he last played in 1984, and a long-awaited second sequel, The Legend of Conan, which will be a direct sequel to the 1982 film. As of yet, has yet to materialize. So, Legend of Conan, in development. Or King Conan, I think is what Pat... Yeah, Con- or Conan said. the King, is that it? Patrick? Uh, I said, yeah, sorry, I was muted. I did not realize that. Huh. Which which one so, is somebody came Somebody came in and muted my mic at some point. <laughs> yeah. Which one is uh, the correct title? Conan the King is what it was supposed to be originally. Okay. I don't know I don't know if the latest iteration has changed the, the title, but it may have. If it happens. Yeah. I mean, Arnold says he's all for it. So, I mean, and he's kind of the main guy you need for the Conan movies. Mm-hmm. And he's, his his uh, date book has opened up pretty much. Yeah, you know, but he's been saying he was all for it ever since he you know left office, so it's not like that hasn't been known. So anything you guys noticed in uh, this one that you didn't notice the first time we watched it? Uh, yeah, almost all of it, because <laughs> for some reason, I, I mean, I, apparently I cared so little about this remake that I remembered hardly, you know, I, I only remembered like half of it. There were a lot of scenes I was watching. I was like, "Jesus, I just don't remember this." Yeah, I had the same. I had the same effect. There were a couple things that really stuck out that I remembered, um, like the the wheel fight at the end. Because I remember saying in the first episode that it reminded me of the the wheel fight in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of it that I just did not. Yeah, it was like the wheel fight remember. from from Pirates Done Badly. I was not a fan of that final fight in many ways. But we'll get there. I think we're there. We're there yeah, already? We're here. Well, I mean, we're talking about the movie, so. I, for, I don't know. The main thing for me is I think watching so many remakes. When, this was the first one I watched with the intent to criticize it on a podcast. And now we've done a lot. And since in that intervening time, I've learned to pick up anger. 
because I just kind of didn't like it the first time around. I, I, I was actually getting mad while watching this again, just at it, its wasted potential. It had a good cast, decent effects, and just the script failed the film on so many levels. The cinematography was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Location was amazing. Yeah, the effects were good. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a whole lot of complaints about the acting. Some of it was a little bit, eh, but I mean, for the most part, I didn't have many complaints. Um, Yeah, the actors were fine. It was just the script failed the film so badly. It's like, if you could have remade it with everything the same aside from the script, it could have been good, and it's not, and it made me angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the acting was bar, bar none better than the original. Um but and you know the thing is is that Jason Momoa did a good job. I mean, I, I thought I don't know if he I mean I think I thought he portrayed Conan to be dumber than he is because Conan is not an idiot. He's a scholar, you know, he's he's been educated. That's one of the things about him. He's a barbarian who, you know, has been educated. But is this I, I think... pre-education? I mean, this seems like just him when it was like Conan the Wanderer type stuff. Maybe I mean, this felt like one of those situations that we've talked about on other shows where um, if they had made this something else, like if it was called, you know, Joseph the Barbarian, Thraxos, the murdering wanderer or something. And it was, you know, not a Conan movie. How do you spell that? Would would we have felt differently? Because, I mean, as far as the character goes, I mean, Jason Momoa looked like a badass. The costuming that they gave him worked really well it, it lended itself to the action sequence the fight scenes were cool but you know it felt like you guys said it felt a little it didn't feel like conan and see that wasn't my biggest issue with it. i think I, maybe my hatred wouldn't have been as intense if it hadn't been called conan but i, I think there's just some over explaining instead of uh allowing the audience to figure things out on their own sort of insulting to the intelligence the entire treatment of the female lead was infuriating just in general like the fight scenes are fine it's like every time a dude's not hitting another dude the movie made me mad though and it's not just because it wasn't conan i i took great uh umbrage for lack of a better word i guess but that is a pretty good word so i'm gonna take i took great umbrage i'm just gonna stick with that i took great umbrage at the fact that it did one of my cardinal sins for any movie where your your lead villain is invincible and treacherous the entire movie, and then when it comes time for the final showdown, he just makes every dumb decision in the world. Like, why would you want to fight Conan one-on-one, sword-to-sword, without, you know, the advantage of your daughter having poison him or whatever? Mm-hmm. You're a sorcerer. Both of you are sorcerers. Use your magic. Why are you both engaging in melee combat with these other two people? Like the daughter, the daughter and the main villain, but and, and not to mention he puts the mask on and it does absolutely nothing other than make him look like he's wearing a turban. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> okay, why? Here's something I want to know: magical of magical things that have been broken and destroyed and that sort of thing. And it's like, all right, cool. But whenever you put them back together, they just all stick back together like they're made of magnets. Right? Like, why does nothing ever need gorilla glue? Right. Like, nobody, you'd think you have this magical artifact. You give it to somebody who knows it inside and out, can put the whole thing together perfectly. No, it's just like, and sticks, sticks back together. Second of all, here's this face squid thing that feeds on blood, and I'm just going to stick it right on my head. Well, no, to activate it, he needed the uh, the pure blood. 
his blood. It didn't need his blood. It needed the. That's why oh. he needed her. I thought it was still like sucking on his head. That's why he made so many bad decisions. No, he's getting like light. And, it, and, and it was it was supposed to be the only way that he could bring his wife back. But I mean, it, you know, even even then, I mean, it it didn't really do anything. I mean, I guess it allowed him to try to almost kind of possess old Rachel Nichols' character. But almost. Like, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he, halfway through the movie, he could have just you know. Had a, had an ancestral relationship with his daughter apparently, and we could have forgotten all about the mask and the pure blood and everything. And but he had to be selfish and be like, "No, I don't. I don't want to sleep with my daughter." Now I've got some weird places there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you, when you're like looking at the map and you look up and you're like, "Where the hell are we?" <laughs> I just kind of imagine Mike half listening there, and he's just kind of shaking his head in his basement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then suddenly he's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> <laughs> So on this one, as my as my second uh, viewing of this ever, I'm I don't want to say that I've inherited the anger that Josh inherits on this one, but at the same time, <laughs> I sat here and I watched it, and I'm like, you know, I've done 300 shows. <laughs> it's better than some of the shit we've watched. I mean, it's better than Star Crash. Um, <laughs> I was very much ready for this movie to be done though when it when it finally finished. Oh I yeah, was definitely definitely happy and i actually think i was happier with star crash than this because at least star crash was honest about what it was trying to be it's just like schlocky trying to be fun this took itself too seriously to fail as badly as it yeah that's exactly that's a very good way to put it because it did take itself very seriously in the same way, and I think I said almost exactly this when we talked about it the first time, Robert Howard's stories, let's face it, they are kind of sexist. But in some ways, it's worse to pretend that you're not being sexist by putting the character forward and then yanking the rug out from under her. Yeah, like, she... At least it, the original is honest about what it is. It's like, yeah, this is a chauvinist, like macho fantasy. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, like she, Conan, Conan the prisoner gets a woman just thrown in the cell with him, you know? She was Mayor Quimby. She was flip-flopping all over the place. <laughs> Jesus. Just leaving the boy in the well. <laughs> Every now and then you say something, and I'm just like, where is he going? I need to pay more attention. <laughs> only only every now and then? And and some of the decisions that she made also, like, they they get it on... The next morning, she knows that the big evil sorcerer dude and his crazy-ass daughter is looking for him. So what does she do? She gets up and she leaves and she goes out by herself and immediately gets captured. Yeah. Well, my my favorite thing is uh, they show them waking up and everything. She looks around. I'm like, okay, well, the ship is gone. He said dawn, and it's obviously past sunrise. So, <laughs> But apparently he was much more lax on his time than he said to her that he would be. Yeah. Because he said, he said, we're leaving at dawn, period. You know what? What what uh, scene I actually did like was the um, the the dweller, which is like the Kraken second cousin type of thing. Yeah, I hated that scene. What? It was fun. Yeah. Oh, it was so overdone. It was it was so ridiculously like obvious, like who was gonna get hit, who wasn't, who what was gonna happen, how it was gonna break down, and like the whole concept of you have this room. In the middle of your thing with this Kraken-like thing living underneath it that you sometimes throw things to, and it lives under there, and I sit in the chair right next to it, and somehow it never gets me, but it always gets everything else we want it to. Uh, it was just dumb. I was like, it's not realistic. That's not how you would set that room up. I, I just like the fighting. <laughs> that was kind of cool. So. Yeah, 
And like, you know, they could have run down that hallway at any point during that fight. They, they waited until it was all done, and then they finally go down that hallway. But I said this before. He has to get all the sub-bosses before he gets to the big boss. <laughs> right? You got you to gotta make sure you get all the XP you can. Mm-hmm. You got to you, you go back and be like, man, I know he's only going to be 10 XP, but if that levels me up one more, I mean, it's worth it. <laughs> Conan's over there, like, looking at the minions, figuring out his XP. <laughs> you can live. <laughs> yeah. If I get another 10 for role-playing this one. <laughs> But what I've what I do? Oh, I would do her. Roll a dice, twenty. <laughs> I I got nothing for you guys on this one. Trying to look. Is there any girls in the inn? I want to do, do them. Ah, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, it's. I do think. Well, what was one thing? What I I I wrote this down. I just have Richard Lewis Mel Brooks written here. I'm trying to figure out what it was and I just realized what it is. That prison guard in that first scene that was like being all snarky to him and then he cuts off his head and holds his head up to the door. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> I had just watched the night before watched Men in Tights and that's why Richard Lewis came up. I was like if Mel Brooks had done Conan, that's a Richard Lewis character right there. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. I mean it's it is what it is. I mean it's not like we Suddenly rediscovered a gem. I mean, the first Conan, you know, I mean, it's one of my favorites for not because it's just, you know, such a fantastic movie, but it's just, you know, it was a big part of my childhood. Yeah. And that's as my, as my sister was watching it, she's like, yeah, I can see why 12 year old you loved this movie. <laughs> boobies. <laughs> yep. Boobs and blood. And more boobs. There were a lot. There were boobs everywhere in both both of them. Less yeah. in the second, but still boobs. And why is Paradise just like an orgy in cannibalism? Well, I mean, I could do without the orgy. So anyway, <laughs> I'm paying attention that time. We're not going down that <laughs> alley. So 300, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Pat endorses cannibalism. So, but uh, so I'm listening to the to our previous show on this. I mean, if you guys change your mind on an anything on this one or are you just still mad? I don't remember off the top of my head what I voted even though I did listen to the episode <laughs> but if are we doing thumbs up thumbs down for a second round? Yeah. Yeah of course I mean I didn't like the first one as much as I did I think on the original show but I'll still give it a thumbs up just because it's kind of a quote unquote classic and don't you quote unquote that despite all of the flaws and foibles and problems with this, I enjoyed the parts of it that were, you know, the action sequences and the costuming and all that. So I'd, I'd give it a thumbs up for that, but it really needed some major reworking of story and uh, a different name. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty much where I was thumbs up, but not enthusiastic. Uh, about the first one uh more intense than before thumbs down uh, i mean the main thing about my opinion that is is i now believe we will make 200 episodes <laughs> that's changed since my belief in episode one so yeah i say i give thumbs up on both of them i mean but then with the second one it's like if i'm doing the dishes and it comes on i'm not gonna be like ah oh, shit and go like fine you know have to dry off my hands, go find the remote. I'll be like, yeah, I'll leave it on type of thing. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's a goofball, should have been better, well-written uh, uh, reboot of a 
more and more enthusiastic, more heart version. You know, the original why was that guy, heart. Why was that guy's head so soft that it just popped immediately when he threw him down to the ground? Everybody, everybody that's notes that I had here and notes that I, I mentioned back then. Everybody apparently in the second movie was made out of water balloons filled with blood. I don't remember that comment. That's yeah, awesome. That is what I said. Everybody's a water balloon filled with blood because no matter what, you just brush against somebody. It's like, you know, and everybody. <laughs> if you're a minion, I got bad news for you. Yeah. Oh, uh, and so what was the other trivia from the original one that I, I have to repeat because it was totally cool? Um, and the first Conan about the about the blood. Uh, the first, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vodka and... and uh... Mm-hmm. They mixed the blood. The blood yeah. mixture had to be mixed with water because it was concentrate, and then because it was so cold, it was freezing on them. So they mixed it with vodka. And when the extras would and the actors would take the blood, put it in their mouth for when they got hit, they just drink it. So everybody was probably pretty buzzed the whole time they were making that first movie. In which case, good on them. So Joel, what are we doing next week? Next week we're uh, gonna go see a concert. Ooh. What are we going to see? Some live music. Yes, we will be discussing live music, things that we've seen in person as a group or individually from our childhood all the way up till the now. Anything anything we've seen where somebody was singing, playing an instrument, including Joel. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. We saw Joel do things. Yes. So, yeah, if you've got your thoughts on our first 300 episodes, uh, any one of them, or Conan the Barbarian in particular, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep, and uh, find our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe FM, all those places. And, you know, as it is tradition, give us a call, 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to to the three voicemails for today. Yeah, thanks yeah. for yeah. We'd like to hear more from our fans. Yeah, and for those of you guys that have been keeping with us the last three hundred shows, thank you very much for that too. I mean, we we don't know who all of you are. We'd love to know who all of well, maybe not, but most of you, most of you are. But we see the downloads coming, and we see that you know people are actually listening to us. And that was actually one of the first things that uh, you know one of the first comments we made after we launched the show was like. There's people listening to this stuff, and we're glad we're doing it. And here's to another 300. What he said. Yeah. Cheers. Keep the change, you filthy animals. Interesting, but we'll go with that then. <laughs> Random Home Alone reference. Okay. Yeah. Conan Home Alone well, makes total sense. Considering all the other things I was thinking about saying to insult our listeners, well, I would consider I would just go with that one. That's probably kind of vanilla for you, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's 300 episode. I wanted to be nice. All right, so take us out, keyboard Joel. (laughs) No, 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 no. Aw, keyboard Joel is tired. Keyboard Joel is under the weather. Or driving a moped. (laughs) Ciao. (laughs) Hey, come back with my moped. (laughs) Pizza Bone needs to make deliveries. Mr. No-No, stop him. All right. Okay, here we go.